Hello, welcome to another episode of From the Unboxed Podcast. Once again, I'm Kane Wilkinson, your host here every single week with another interview. This time it's coming from Winnipeg with a wonderful lad named Jay Wood. Now his new EP, Some Days, is coming out this Friday via Royal Mountain Records and Captured Tracks. I've been a big fan of the lead single, Some Days, since it first came out. It's been sitting on my starting lineup for a while, deservingly so, and... Uh, I was very eager to talk to him, Jeremy, about his new music, and we ended up bonding over a couple of interesting things, like the fact that we both worked at HMV at the same time, just in different provinces. That's the only catch. And don't forget to check out Some Days, this Friday, April 23rd, listen to the whole EP, it's, it's fantastic, it's a wonderful collection of tracks, I think it's four or five of them, and uh, full of wonderful jazzy indie rock, you're not going to have enough, you're going to want more. I promise. And while I've got your attention, don't forget to follow our newsletter. It's a monthly little thing. Very easy to sign up. Just head to the website. There should be a pop-up. Or you can go to the About page and find a link for it there. Just once a month, a little catch-up. I promise. Won't spam you. Won't sell your data. It's nice and simple. And if you want to support the blog, the best way you can do that is through buymeacoffee.com or patreon.com. Just search Dusty Organ or, you know, add dash Dusty Organ to either of those URLs. Pretty simple stuff. The fun thing is, members will get a welcome mix CD, handcrafted, hand curated, handwritten tracks for you. You can also buy a la carte. I guess that's the right phrase for that. I don't know. If you want through Buy Me a Coffee or my web store. But uh, yeah, it means a lot. So consider it an option, please. Now, without further ado, here is an interview with Jay Wood. I wish I could try. Hi, I'm Jay Wood, um, real name Jeremy Haywood Smith. <laughs> um, yeah, from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and I'm here with Kane. That's right. I'm Kane. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining me on this new episode of From the Inbox, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, you're based out of Winnipeg. Yep. And you recently signed to. Uh, two labels i think right is that yes yeah Captain tracks and mm-hmm. royal mountain records wow. which if you're canadian you gotta love those guys rmr uh first question how does that feel how does uh how do you feel about that uh feel very lucky for sure to have some good news like that in the middle of a pandemic and just to have that to look forward to for the future um it feels so cool to like look at both of the sites and see my name next to some really awesome artists and be like okay nice there's some validation and what i've been doing for so many years and yeah it's exciting and it's very nerve-wracking and yeah yeah Yeah, you've been doing this since 2017 right so well i've been doing it since 2015 really but like seriously i'd say till like 2017 2018 i really was like okay maybe i should try this and you're just kind of keeping up with the with everything because your new EP some days is coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, honestly, I don't, I haven't decided of when I'm going to air this <laughs> so for the sake of it <laughs> I just or after. right now. It came out April 23rd or it's coming out on April 23rd. Like everyone is uh, appropriate, but yep. uh, yeah, this new EP, speaking of when you first started, all these tracks mm-hmm. were written in 2015. Yep. Um, and you kind of just re-recorded them, mastered them up. Uh, but let's go back in time. Cause at that time in 2015, you're mm-hmm. saying that um, a lot of stuff was happening in your life that kind yeah. of triggered this, you know, writing, songwriting mess mm-hmm. of uh, what you did. Uh, 
you mind just kind of explain what was going on and sure. where it kind of all came from? Yeah. So in 2014, I was kind of like starting to see myself like grow out of my friend group and just be like, I wasn't really connecting with them. And I was like, all right, I, th- I think I need to like maybe have some distance out of this situation. This is really not benefiting or serve me anything. And in the middle of that, I went through a pretty, pretty awkward, rough breakup. So that was just kind of a, a whole thing. Awkward, awkward in what way? Just Awkward in the sense of just like, you break up, you try to tweak it, then you break yeah. up again. It's like, this is dumb. This is so stupid. Um, so that was the awkward parts. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I feel like I was like fully on my own at the start of 2015. I was like, all right, well, who am I on my own? What am I all about? And I had like a really great friend be like, you should try to get back into making music. And I was very heating and hawing about it. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a hassle. I don't really want to do the, the grind. But uh, yeah, she was very persistent. And I was like, all right. And she lent me her laptop, some recording gear. And I just put that put together the EP. Um, in the midst of recording it, I was also in the middle of a move with my family at the time. Okay. So like we we're moving somewhere. And I was about to leave on a trip to Japan. Oh my gosh, so, so much going on. Wow. So much going on. And I had like a month to learn how to record and also write songs because after that she was starting school and she was going to need her laptop full time. And I was broke as hell. So I didn't have any money to get any recording equipment. So I was like, I'm just going to throw whatever I can together and see what happens with it. Do you feel like if you hadn't been under that sort of pressure cooker situation, would you have been able to kind of write all these songs or did you almost need that time crunch? I, I, I kind of like working in that pressure cooker situation yeah. sometimes, but like in that situation, I think it definitely maybe just be like, trust your instincts, go with the first thoughts. And, and yeah, I think I was able to like knock out so many different ideas just because I knew I didn't have a lot of time. So it's like, get as much as you can with what you have right now. Yeah. And you cover a lot of ground on the CP because it's, you know, I guess four or five, if you count the acoustic track, but mm-hmm. like those four songs, they do kind of cover a lot of ground just in their own right. Like, the lead single some days itself mm-hmm. uh, creep what do you do to me like they all kind of cover different things going on in your life um talk yeah. about some days like because that that track first off is if you haven't heard it already people go listen to it it's so goddamn catchy and Thank you. uh there's some real like rawness to it that i really was drawn to but uh mm-hmm. kind of explain Thank what you. that song's all about um that song i feel like uh that was kind of documenting like I like some days I just want to like go back and just be comfortable and like what I was used to, but other days I want to like move forward and try to step into a new um, position of life. And I was just like that being in the middle of like comfort and discomfort and like the new, and it's just, I, I don't know where I want, where I want to go. It was just a lot of confusion. Even talking about it, I feel like I'm going <laughs> back into that headspace of just like um, in between two things. And um yeah, it's trying to like find some kind of peace or like resolution and all that chaos. Yeah. Do you feel like now, especially during the pandemic, that's kind of almost part of your life right now too, trying to stay focused and move forward, but, you know, trying to be comfortable at the same time? I think, yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, it's just like re-recording is like, oh, this is still kind of relevant, like, uh, relevant in uh, today, where it's just like, obviously the past is kind of set, but the future is very much unclear. And it's like, well, in this situation, I don't know what to do and what, what kind of comforts to lean on here. Yeah. So. And I know you try to bring that out in the music video too, which is really 
it was really interesting the spaghetti out of the surgeon <laughs> thing i was like what the hell am i watching? did it, the guy actually eat the spaghetti he did yep yep darren <laughs> ate like a lot of spaghetti for that take uh darren uh, the funny thing with everyone in the videos like they're all just the, the people that play in the band yeah so okay. like um darren <laughs> plays guitar um he ate so much spaghetti for that video wow we have to do so many takes but uh did he comment on it like did it do you know if it tasted funny i think all, he, he was like oh yeah it's not bad it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad he got real parmesan on it so like i, I don't think he mind oh I, damn I, and he was keto for like like two months in the summer so he was just happy to eat carbs and not feel horrible about it you know so it's just like finally he's literally been yeah he's been planning for this the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. That's he's been waiting for this moment and what a dream come true to like eat spaghetti off your friend's stomach like that you know yeah for, for the entertainment of others can't can't go wrong yeah and also for like you know in a way like a good cause we'll say because <laughs> you know it uh it really brought the metaphor to life with your different characters and all these little storylines mm -hmm. and stuff too is really interesting so uh, definitely yeah and uh how do you feel like i i know you posted on the on the internet the other day the original recording from mm -hmm. like 2015 yep uh personally how, how do you feel listening back to that now like what, what are some thoughts going in your head um i think it's like kind of cute to hear the old recording of like aha uh -huh, look at what you did like you tried um i have like i have the original recordings for all the songs on the ep i was like maybe i should just like put them out uh we'll, we'll see but like it was just so weird to hear back to like the first ideas and just be like like and looking at it now and hearing it now it's just like kind of like a mind mind mind-blowing experience to be like where I was, where I am, and where I'm going, all yeah. in one representation. I find that so important for especially creative types is to be able mm -hmm. to have those milestones to look back on. Because yeah. I'm sure, like my, I kind of experience this myself, I'm sure you do too, is where you kind of get caught up in everything you have going on that you don't really yeah. understand how far you've moved, right? Totally. Um, is that, did that kind of come to mind at no. all for you? That definitely comes to mind. Like I'm a huge fan of like constantly like checking in with myself of like, that sounded so egotistic, <laughs> but like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of like, kind of like looking at like all the old stuff I did and just like kind of like really assessing where I was and like what I was doing and being like, okay, where do I want to go? And I'm, what I, I get, what I guess I meant to say is like, I'm a huge fan of like people posting demos and like older recordings and just like first takes and just like really raw captures of like here's the first thing i came up with like that that's just so like wholesome and it's also like really encouraging to hear the first ideas of like super popular songs and then to see them just like see what they become it's like oh that's amazing to kind of be yeah. kind of in that moment of you're figuring it out and yeah now that i think of it it's very similar to like a home vhs video like a home video totally of someone's childhood and yeah uh, yeah there you go. that's a nice metaphor that's a really nice metaphor. I think that's exactly <laughs> it. You're kind of led into the experience. You know, you're led into yeah. the headspace. You're led into like the work process. You're, you're led into to just their 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 train of thought, and it's just like a cool thing to have a window into. Yeah, and uh, if, you know, one more comparison to how how does this new EP for you kind of compare to your debut EP that you did independently, uh, Somber Somber? Um, well, I guess the the date it's kind of a weird date sort of thing right like yeah like okay somber summer came out in like 2017 but like that was like the first dpr is like 
okay, these songs sound strong enough to be like, this is like an official release. Uh, I, I think this in comparison to Somber Summer is like, it's a lot more stripped back for sure. Some days it's like, I was, the big focus was just guitars, vocals, drums, and bass, just like the, and just adding um, synth and keys as like a sprinkle on top rather than like a feature thing. So with, whereas with Somber Summer, it was like synth everywhere, everything. It's just very, it's very much me in that whole thing. But with this, it was nice to work in a studio setting and just like have that restriction of like, oh, this is exactly what I want. I'm not going to be doing more than I need to get in, get out. Whereas with Somber Summer, I was like left to do whatever I wanted to do for as long as I wanted to do it. Yeah. And as somebody who kind of identifies as a DIY artist, um, mm -hmm. kind of comparing the process, you know, having that open space with Somber Somber versus mm -hmm. feeling more, you know, refined and articulate. Like, do you find that definition of doing it yourself kind of was still part of this new EP? I think so. Like, I, I think I have to like work out the songs on my own. It felt like I was like rewriting them essentially because I was like relearning how to play them. And that process like happened a lot on my own or just like, I think it goes like this, but I have a chance to maybe tweak them and like give better leads or like have more concrete ideas. So it's like figuring that out than going into like a studio to record them was like, I definitely like like having that space to just like, okay, make a game plan with myself and then go execute it. So yeah, I'd say so. All right, yeah. And uh, you know, like we talked about before I hit record on this interview, you worked at HMV. I did. As a youth. Yes. Yeah. His master's uh, voice. That's right. <laughs> it's funny because we're bonding over this people because I used to work at HMV too as a teenager yep. and it's probably one of the greatest I, looking back, like I'm not sure about you, but I remember getting like tons of free CDs in the back, just taking yeah, them home. Definitely. Just listening to this array of sound and yeah. I'm kind of curious for you, did working there kind of help you kind of, kind of open up your eyes to more sounds and different artists. 100%. I'm so happy you mentioned that because that was like kind of where it all started for me. It's like obviously being like, uh, you have to listen to like the playlist that work, which yeah. is very repetitive and not great at all points. But like, curiosity, I, what year did you, what, what years did you I was there, there between remember? 2012 and 20, I want to say, 15 16 so like okay, around so the exact same time as me yeah oh really okay yeah. so at some point i might have called you to be like can you look at this at your location yeah. or vice versa but uh yeah like you're subjected to like listening to what's popular and like music that you wouldn't necessarily listen to and obviously with everyone working there they have their own taste in music so when closing time happens everyone chooses their own music and then you're just listening to more music so yeah. Being a sponge for that was just like a really cool experience. And I think it really made me like not be so judgmental and not close off so many things. Cause before I would have been like, Oh, I don't like that. Turn it off. But being kind of forced to sit in, in some music was just really great for when I went to go write music. It was like, Oh, ideas. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. Anything and everything could be kind of cool to somebody. Yeah. Any, any artists in particular that kind of stood up for you at that time? Um, I remember when Bruno Mars, oh God, I, I, if I have to hear Uptown Funk one more time, oh, okay. yeah. uh, there was a one time when it was on the playlist twice for some reason. And the playlist was like only 
an hour, an hour, half long, and it would mm-hmm. just loop and loop. And I was like, oh. The other song, too, was uh, that magic song, Marry Me or something. Oh, uh, magic. Um, I can't remember. Is I, it? Um, I've erased I it from my memory. But there's, yeah, there's this every like every song I hear like now in like regular life that was ever on a, a HMV playlist. I'm immediately taken back to a moment. Like there were so many one hit wonders that still existed. Like there was a song Chloe by somebody. I was like, oh. Whoa. I don't even know. But like yeah. there's so many moments and so many songs like that that come to mind. And if I heard it by accident, I would immediately be like, I know all the words to this song. Yeah. I, I remember the the pink shelf talker that I had. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. I miss that place sometimes. It's... I, you know, I, I look back at it and it's, it's very fond memories there. And I think it was very, uh, I, very integral to where I'm at now with music. And I met some of my best friends there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Even like, you know, making this about me for a second here. I Please. remember because I started this, like I started my website back in 2014, which was right in the heat of my career at HMB, we'll say. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember, uh, having this even like the list of upcoming releases and stuff too like i would look yeah. through that and like get like an insider point and just make notes of things and mm-hmm. go home and pirate a bunch of albums and try to listen yeah because <laughs> that discount wasn't was good but it wasn't great it, it wasn't that i remember like my whole time there i feel like i bought three things my entire time i was like uh, that's impressive actually yeah i was like i i, I could have bought way more but i was like i i shouldn't because it was like it was a lot of collectible stuff and i'm like this yeah. will eat up all my space if i even open the door a bit to that so it's like, yeah yeah be mindful of how much you buy from here that's funny mm-hmm. um oh speaking of yeah new so new releases coming out too i mm-hmm. noticed that on twitter uh you're pushing mckinley dixon's some of his stuff yes yeah i just want to bond over that for a second how excited are you for that album i'm so 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 excited like i mckinley dixon came here back in 20, I guess it would have been two summers ago, oh, or 2019, um, and played our local festival, Real Love. And I thought that performance was so good. And just before, I, since I was doing stage managing for the festival, I got a chance to like talk and just like communicate. Cause like being here in Winnipeg, I, I, I rarely see black people after a real hard stone, like stone cold facts. So like having a chance to talk to somebody else, occupying the same space as me and just connect over that and just, just really shoot the shit was really nice. And like, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I, I know in the future you and I will, will, will do something together. And ever That's since cool. then, yeah. And ever since then, I'm like, I, I just like really want to be a fan of yours first and foremost. And I hope down the line we can like really become good friends. That's so nice. So, yeah. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, cause this is the, this year has been the first time I've been hearing of his stuff, but uh, cause I've been getting it sent to me. And every time a new single comes out, like his last one, Shane's so heavy everything just like hits so hard and it's so strongly worded and politically driven, but it's also so poetic. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that, you know, kind of related to be like, you know, one of the few black people in Winnipeg, you guys, mm-hmm. I know you recently did um, a talk discussing the hurdles black artists yeah. and workers often face within indie and DIY art communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was that kind of experience? Like, you know, kind of leading that there in Winnipeg. Um, it was great to have that discussion to hear that this viewpoint doesn't just, um, isn't just applicable to me. It is everyone, like every other black person within this larger indie spaces experience. So I was like, that was really like nice to feel once again, validated. And like, it was really reaffirm, like reassuring for me. 
Um, Matthew ja uh, James Wilson is just so freaking knowledgeable with all of his facts and just like, he, he was just like really great with like his, his discussion was like super engaging and like the history and all that. I'm like, I, now I need to go learn this. Now I want to go learn this. Now I want to be a part of the next step and like the solution. I hope, you know, five, 10 years or who knows, like further down the line, someone doing a talk point about this can say how it's changed from artists like, you know, McKinley or like, you know, myself or just other, or even um, uh, Namdi who's been uh, doing so many cool things within the indie scene for a few years now and has been absolutely killing it. But um, to hear Matthew talk about that stuff and to have little moments of connection where it's like, you know, for me, my introduction for black people in indie music was seeing block party for the first, like, like just seeing like a video block party and seeing like a black front person. I was like, is that that's allowed? I didn't know that was a thing. It's like, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. I was just like, cause for so long it was just like separate, you know, it's like, yeah. like the only visual, like I only saw like white people doing indie music, playing guitar, playing tele music and all that stuff. And I was like, that's really cool. I really like this music, but like, I don't see myself in it. So to finally see a person that looks like me in that position was like, Oh, now like there's almost permission to be like, okay, maybe I can do these things and maybe I could just go into the space and, you know, play music and not worry too much about that. I, I kind of want to ask you now, like starting out, you know, back in those early days of like 2015 <laughs> and stuff, when you were trying to record, how much of that was in your head of like, I, I feel kind of like an anomaly sort of thing. Is that even? Yeah. Like, I think when I first started Jaywood, like it was never, it was never ever my intention to perform like at all. I was like, I just want to record music, put it out as it, I think it starts for everybody. Some mm -hmm. people really want to hop on stage. Me, I was like, like truth be told, performing is like the bottom of the list for my, the thing I love about doing music. Okay. But who knows, maybe that'll change after the pandemic with like a new life and new energy. But like, I was like always, cause I'm still like a very anxious, awkward person at times. So like, you know, putting a yeah. lot of energy into performing is just like kind of scary. But yeah, when I was first starting out, I think I was kind of, okay with being an anomaly because I was like, oh, the focus isn't going to be performance. But then when the discussion, like we got offered our first show and I was like, well, I mean, I, I guess so. We could try and can go from there and see. And I think as shows were happening after that, I was like, now I'm starting to really see and feel like those insecurities kind of full force because every venue, every show, I was the only black person at all points. And I was like, man, this is a weird thing to be in a space like this doing this and yeah, be alone in it. How did that, how did that make you feel kind of going out there um, and seeing that? Or feeling it that? was very isolating for sure. And like very just awkward. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it felt almost like a gimmick for a while. Like for a while, like female fronted was a genre. It's like, it's not, you know, or it's like, it's like yeah. just straight up not. Like it felt like, oh, black fronted. That's what it was. And I was like, well, I, I don't, that's not it. Like there's a whole other thing going on behind just being a black person playing music. Um, yeah, it just felt kind of gimmicky for a while and I was like kind of down on myself about it. But, um, you know, I had someone like come up to me, another person of color, just be like, oh, it's so great to see, you know, like a person like you performing this. And it's like, that's really great. I'm, that's like, thank you. And I, I would see that person pop up a lot more and then to see like a, another younger 
black person come up to me like maybe two years later be like hey you're like one of the reasons i got into playing indie music so thank you i'm oh, like wow. dude that, that that was everything for me when i heard that i was like oh man i i, yeah. I just have to keep doing this shit even if i if it sucks it's like that that meant so much to me and like it's stuck so it sticks with me at, at all points like that's maybe why we do this shit so like it's easier for the next per- group of people wow that's yeah that's that's awesome that's beautiful yeah uh and hopefully yeah hopefully you do get to go out and tour this new ep very very soon because yeah it's it's, it's freaking solid no other thank way you. to put it <laughs> thank you thank you so, thank you thank you yeah you, you know uh, I'm, I'm excited to perform again i think <laughs> yeah you know once you get those initial shakes out yeah and, and you step up on stage and you are golden it's a good feeling yes Hopefully, I, I, wanted, I wanted to bring this up in some ways. This is probably the perfect segue. <laughs> hopefully, you don't hurt yourself playing spike ball. Yes. Before you go yeah. on stage. <laughs> I am back, though. My leg is 100%. What did you do? What did you do? I, I went in a ditch. Like, you know, like it was my first time playing and someone hit it way over. And like, I just yeah. went into a ditch and my ankle went this way. My knee went this way. And I went that way. It was like everything just bent. And I was like hobbling around for two, three days with a, like, a, like clutches. And I was like, oh man, this, this sucks. I'm like that kid like breaks his leg right before summertime. So yeah. for like the whole week, I was just like icing it, doing all the things, going to physio. And I'm, I think I'm mobile again. I'm fully off the clutches, no, no real pain. Took a while, but we're here. I went oh, rock no. climbing yesterday, so. Oh, I'm so jealous. What What's it like <laughs> out in Winnipeg, like with the restrictions and stuff? Oh, God, it's I feel like we're like, we're probably going to go back into restrict like lockdown and on Friday, pro- more than likely our numbers have gone right up. Because uh, we were like, Oh, let's take it easy. And we were in no position to take it easy. And now yeah. things are sketchy and scary all over again. That seems to be the uh, the story across Canada right now, too, is just Oh, oh. yeah. It's like, oh, words. Yeah. <laughs> by June, everyone should be vaccinated. It's like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it type deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, who knows? Anyway, I hate talking about the subject. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. You know, it has to have, I feel like it's only natural that it comes up at some point. But, mm-hmm. but the good news, mm-hmm. check out Jay Wood's new EP, Some Days, out on April 23rd, which is yep. either in the past or in the future. Like mm-hmm. I said, I have not decided yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Jeremy, for sitting hey, down. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Zen. This was a lovely combo. And yeah, I'm, I'm stoked you're able to do this way more now. Yeah, me too, man. This yeah. is uh, yeah, it's a dream come true for sure. And hopefully, oh, yeah. honestly, I'm going to keep my eye out for uh, J. Wood Dixon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely do it. You, you, know, you never Jay know. Jay Dixon. Jay Dixon sounds dope. I really like that. It sounds like you a know, super, uh, like a, a sort of like a protagonist from like an action film. Um, <laughs> Jay, Jay it does. Jay Dixon. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. You never know. It might be closer than you realize. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. Absolutely. Thank you so much.